Hi, I'm Steph from Heinemann, and today on the podcast, we're joined by Wendy Ward-Hoffer, Senior Director of Content Development and Publications at the Public Education and Business Coalition, and most recently, the author of Phenomenal Teaching, a guide to reflection and growth. Her book charts a pathway for teachers to cultivate agency and foster understanding for every learner. She spoke with my colleague Brett about how these core values of agency and understanding lead to effective teaching and ways we can use them to help us while teaching remotely. So let's start with this. This book feels slightly different from your past work at Heinemann. You've published several titles with us in the past with a more math or science focus, but this one feels a little bit broader to me. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey leading up to this book? Sure. Uh, So I have the good fortune of working at the PEBC, which is a Denver-based nonprofit that supports instruction at all grade levels and across the curriculum. And my area of focus for the last 15 years there has been math and science instruction. But over the last decade, we've really collaborated to develop this framework of what high-quality teaching looks like, regardless of the content area. And so that framework is really the backbone of this book. And in developing the book, I've made an effort to bring together examples, ideas, uh, resources that spread across the curriculum and really address that framework. So it's been sort of an honor to be the spokesperson on behalf of the organization for this framework that we collaborated with lab hosts and researchers and colleagues to create. And if I understand correctly, you serve as the um, senior director of content there. And I, I just want to give people it's a PEBC stands for Public Education and Business Coalition. Is that right? Yep. And it, you're from the forward of the book, you write, or rather your introduction to the book, there's quite a history there of really great minds that have that have come in and out of PEBC. Can you talk a little bit about a little bit more about the organization and the work they've done over the years? Gladly. Uh, I feel so fortunate that I landed uh, with PEBC a couple decades ago. The organization began in 1983 uh, at that time when the proficient reader research was hot off the press and a group of teachers and other educators were gathering together to say, well, what can we do to bring this to life in the classroom? So Ellen Keene, who's a, um, a great researcher and writer, also a Heinemann colleague, she was one of the leaders of that time and really started the organization with a focus on elementary literacy. But then across time, we've acknowledged that some of those approaches that were really serving to develop those elementary educators could also be valuable for teachers of all grade levels and all content areas. And so we have quite a big lab classroom network, a group of exemplary teachers who are featured in this book and have been working with us for many years to grow their practice, as well as we provide institutes and seminars, both in Denver and around the country for professional development and then work with client schools in, I think we're in about 20 states right now. Um, And so the great opportunity of this book has been to gather together all the learning and thinking, not only across time, but also geographically uh, of my colleagues as they've traveled and worked in schools and districts in really diverse settings, both, you know, super urban challenge settings, as well as North Dakota, where we have, you know, kids in super rural environments and all different socioeconomic statuses. And what we're finding is that this approach can really apply and support teaching for agency and understanding, sort of no matter where you're from and who you're working with. 
Well, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned teaching for agency because there's a great line in the book where you write, teaching for agency and understanding works for everyone. Start where you are, use what you have, teach whoever comes through your door. And that really sort of speaks to me right now, especially because students aren't necessarily coming through doors, but you know, we are talking about different situations with how we're teaching right now. How can these principles be used for where we are at the moment? Excellent question. Uh, so, you know, here we are with so many of us making the transition to distance learning, and I think so many of us feeling a bit at a loss. And yet what we're seeing with the teachers that we're continuing to support is that all the same principles of believing in kids, creating wonderful opportunities for their thinking, celebrating their success, and inside that community of learners can still be fostered. Uh, one recent example I really enjoyed is the way that some teachers are using Flipgrid to invite kids into a challenging problem to think about that work, go ahead and create their own explanations or uh, solutions, present those on Flipgrid, and then come back together for a shared conversation. So they're creating a workshop, which is the pedagogical stance that we promote and that's in this book. They're creating a workshop, they're creating opportunities for discourse and engagement, as well as assessment. All these pieces can come to life for example, through that distance learning lesson. You open the book with a great Don Murray quote about teachers essentially not being magicians, but knowing their craft. And I really think that was such a perfect setup for the framework and the work that you're trying to do in this book. Can you talk a little bit more about how the framework is applied throughout the book, but also what you're hoping the reader will do as they go through the reading, how you want them to essentially participate. The book feels very interactive in how you write prompts and the space that you give us as readers as we go through the book to you know, be engaging in our learning as we read. How do you want people to sort of engage and interact with the book as they read? Yeah, so I have to give credit to my colleague, Lori Conrad, who shared with me that Don Murray quote. Um, because it, it's so appropriate. It talks to the magic, speaks to the magic that we see in a master of their craft. And so often we walk into the classroom of a highly effective teacher and it, it looks like magic. Looks like this all just happened with a wave of a wand. And yet my effort in this book and the effort that my colleagues and I have been engaged in is to really articulate what are the steps? What is the process that these highly effective teachers are going through in order to achieve what appears to be conjured out of nothingness. So that's the goal of this teaching framework is to really create a pathway forward for teachers who aspire to more effective and more joyful instruction and uh, provide clear, concise, accessible steps. As you notice, Brett, the book really is written to be interactive. It's designed, I say, as a workshop in a workbook. And so throughout, there are many invitations for the reader to do some writing, do some responding, disagree with me or the, the thoughts that are there, and really craft their own path forward as they consider what this teaching framework might mean to them. So I invite anyone who's you know looking for some professional development right now during this pandemic time, it will be a, a fun, interactive learning, perhaps, to get a hold of the book and really go ahead and write in it. I know a couple of people have said to me, I don't want to write in it. It's so shiny. I said, no, you have to. <laughs> you got to write. But that's the whole point is um, to be engaging because that's so much of what we know 
makes learning stick is when we're having our own experience and doing our own thinking, not just sitting back and reading and listening and being passive, but to be really deeply engaged. And so that was the goal of the structure of this book. Well, and within that structure, you know, each chapter is very clearly defined. And then you've got great sort of set up questions to frame our thinking as we go through each chapter. Could you just sort of walk us through a little bit of the framework and just sort of how the framework is laid out throughout the book? So as I described earlier, the book is really based on these principles that we found cut across grade levels and content areas. And each chapter highlights one of those principles and breaks it down. The, the framework is really designed as an additive rubric. And in that, it invites folks to think about what are my first steps? Let's say I want to really cultivate a classroom where students are more deeply engaged in academic conversations that help them grow their thinking. I want to cultivate discourse. So then what might I do first? And so the chapters pick that discourse, for example, apart and say, well, first, we've got to have some norms. Okay, so if we're going to create norms, what might be some steps to developing that? What might that look like early on in the year and how might we grow it over time? And then here's some examples from some teachers with whom we've worked of the ways that they've developed norms. And then once we have those norms, what's next? We might need some conversation structures, et cetera. And so in each chapter, it really breaks apart that bigger framework into strands and then those strands into what we call elements. And then each of those elements into really small stepping stones with the purpose of supporting any aspiring teacher to look at that tool and say, ah, I see myself here. And so a next step for me might be here. The framework is definitely not designed as a sort of external evaluation tool. The purpose is not for other administrators to come in and say, oh, check, check, you, you missed this, you missed that. But rather as a coaching tool, as a guide, as a reflection tool for teachers themselves in collaboration with colleagues to really consider where are my strengths and how might I like to grow. I love that you mentioned the thing about what you just said, because there's a perfect line in the back of the book that sort of says that it's really about that guided professional development that you're trying to get across. So I, I love that you mentioned that. You really build the foundation at the beginning of the book with creating a foundation for effective teaching and exploring purpose and belief. Why was that important to sort of sort of ground it with purpose and beliefs to get started with? Yeah, one thing we've seen uh, visiting so many classrooms in so many parts of the country is that our beliefs as educators are the most important element to our practice. And we know some of us cultivate those beliefs intentionally and really say, I know every student can, and so therefore I will, whatever they may choose. And yet others of us kind of fall into our instructional practice, perhaps mirroring what was done unto us, or perhaps just picking something up without necessarily thinking, what am I really saying to a child when I take the pencil out of their hand? And so uh, in thinking about this notion of phenomenal teaching and really engaging students as thinkers, it's important to think about what our beliefs suggest in terms of our behavior. So if I would say my belief is every child is a capable writer, well, then when that one child is struggling and maybe hasn't put their pencil down on the paper yet, I might be tempted to say, oh, let me help you and, and get them started. And sometimes that's absolutely appropriate. And yet um, 
sometimes we convey our belief and faith in children by stepping back and letting them struggle and letting them grow their strength through that difficult challenge. And so that's just one example of a belief and how it plays out. And the whole book is really designed um, as a pathway to engaging students in ways that support them in growing agency and confidence and reflective capacity as thinkers and demonstrating our faith in them as uh, future leaders. We touched on this a, f- a few moments ago, but as we record right now, teachers in the United States are at about six weeks into the remote learning or distant learning situation with the COVID-19 pandemic. How do you see this framework applying in a remote learning situation? Mm. Yeah, that's been a good question I've been thinking about recently. Uh, I think the framework absolutely applies. I mean, one of the foundational notions of the framework is this faith in students, right? This belief that they can be the actors and we can trust them to do the good work of thinking. And so as we think about designing remote learning experiences, we can continue to engage students in deep and meaningful work in that way. Um, I had the good fortune of seeing a video of one of my colleagues' um, fifth grade writing workshop mini lesson introduction yesterday of how she was leaning into the camera and she was saying to the students, I can't wait to see what you come up with today. You're you know, supporting them, encouraging them, talking about norms and the ways that she was going to uh, expect their participation and attendance. This is Kirsten Myers-Blake at Brown Elementary. And then she went ahead and facilitated that writer's workshop online, remotely, um, encouraging the students to spend their work time writing, bringing them back together for sharing and conversation. So although awkward and fraught with peril, uh, this approach can be enacted remotely um, through some of our distance learning channels online. Now, a different challenge might be thinking about those students who don't have access to technology of this sort and how we might engage them in this kind of learning. Um, And yet still, I think it's all about creating invitations for original thinking uh, in response to challenging content. And I think we can do that with or without face-to-face contact and with or without uh, remote uh, technology. It's just, it's a matter of teacher creativity right now. And so I would add to that for every teacher that's listening to this during the pandemic, I absolutely salute you. We miss you. We appreciate you. We know it's a really challenging time. And um, I'm so grateful, not only as a parent, but as a fellow educator for the tremendous effort that I see teachers putting in. Our thanks to Wendy for her time and expertise. Her book, Phenomenal Teaching, is available now at Heinemann.com. You can follow Wendy on Twitter at Wendy Ward Hoffer and learn more and download a sample chapter from blog.heinemann.com. The Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. It is produced and edited by Steph George. Sound mixing by Steph George. Our creative producer is Lauren Audette. And our executive producer is me, Brett Whitmarsh. To learn more about the Heinemann Podcast, visit blog.heinemann.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.